This is Bo Buchanan with another edition of On the Level. Uh, just finished Lodge Night at Arizona number two, and I have a guest. Tim, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, give me your name, the name of your home Blue Lodge, and any offices or titles you have connected to that lodge. All right, my name is Timothy Doherty. I am the Worshipful Master of Paradise Valley Silver Trout Lodge number 29 in Phoenix, Arizona. And we are just in the process of taking you home, but tell me, why are we, why were you here tonight? Why were you at Arizona number two? Uh, I was asked to come down and perform the lecture, which I also ended up doing senior deacon, King Solomon, and several other parts. <laughs> we made good use of you. <laughs> and uh, I like to start out by asking people, tell me, when did you first hear of this thing called Freemasonry? Do you remember when you first heard of it or first thought about it? Vaguely, I heard about it when I was younger. Both of my great uncles were Freemasons. Uh, one of them was master of Lakewood Lodge number 728 in Long Beach, California. Uh, he was master in 1990. Uh, my other one was a Shriner, very big Shriner, drum bugle corps. Mm, that and was big back in the day. I don't think people realize. Absolutely, especially yeah. in California. Yeah, I see um, a lot of pictures of that online. And um, both of them passed before I got the opportunity to really learn a lot about it. And then I joined Malay when I was a freshman in high school. So how did the connection to Malay happen? Uh, my girlfriend at the time was Job's daughter. Okay. With Bethel 19. And so when I got... Together with her, she introduced me to Glenn Van Steeter, who was the... Great guy, yeah. Yeah. The man's, man's been my mentor ever since. Too bad you said to see him go, I bet, huh? Oh, absolutely. So um, you had the Masonic history, and then your girlfriend introduced you to Di so it was kind of pretty much built into your DNA. <laughs> uh, in, in, in many ways. Um, once I joined Di Malay at Fort... It was actually... Let's see, it was... 11 days before my 15th birthday um, I started learning about the different lessons in Demolay and why they were valuable to my life and all the experience I was able to earn from that and as I got older I learned a little bit more about masonry and I told myself I want to go join the lodge so as soon as I turned 18, I walked into Dan Schwartz's office and said, Worshipful, I'd really like to uh, procure a petition from you. <laughs> at which point, 86-year-old Dan Schwartz looks up at me and says, here you go. <laughs> so, filled it out that same day, uh, got Glenn to sign it, uh, Worshipful Todd Tretner also signed it, and I turned it in the very next day. So what was the draw you, I know about the connection of, of Demolay and Freemasonry, but what was it that made you want to go in so quickly that made Masonry so attractive? Well, like I was mentioning a little bit earlier, Glenn has been my mentor. He's the Even man. Even in Demolay? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, my dad passed away in 2012. So I was only 16 at the time. I was almost 17. And I was kind of having a hard time with that. And he really stepped into that role. He showed me what a dad is like because my dad had a lot of problems personally and it ended up being the greatest 
opportunity of my life. And I actually made the man cry when I stepped down as state master counselor in 2013, just after I graduated high school. Um, I, I explained to him that I felt that he was my second father. And you see a guy with bagpipes in one arm and a suit of armor because <laughs> for some god-awful reason he was wearing this, the armor that night and I just don't remember exactly why. But you see the him slam his uh, the little hood shut. <laughs> so you must have been pretty devastated when he said he was moving. Yeah, I mean, I understood because um, it was an offer they couldn't refuse, but you know, I still talk to him. I ran into him at Grand Lodge Grand Communication. I saw him playing the bagpipes. Yep. yep. Um, that was really awesome. I finally got to talk to him a little more. But We should go up and visit him. I'd go with you. Yeah, actually, my wife and I are looking into... We wanted to go up this next month because the girls have... the Job's daughters have their Supreme up in Logan. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have friends who live in Logan. And then Glenn lives in South Jordan. So... You know, it's literally right on the way. It's it's a 25-minute drive. Is he active already in a lodge up there? I, I remember the exact words he gave, he told me when I asked him about it after I found out he was moving. He's like, I, I plan on joining a lodge up there, but the moment they ask me to become a chair, <laughs> to, to become an officer, I'm going to demit immediately. <laughs> Because he's he's been he was a, he's been a Freemason for sixteen actually be seventeen years now, and that entire time he has spent almost four out of the seven nights of the week away from home. Wow! And he wanted to dedicate some time to his wife Laura, who yeah. is just the most wonderful woman you'll ever meet. Aww. So, so tell me, uh, you've already shared a little bit, but I like to ask people to tell me about some of their favorite Masonic memories, either a funny story of something happened or if there was uh, you know, an event that particularly meant something to you or somebody else other than obviously Glenn. Um, uh, any, anything else that pops to mind? Ooh, I've got several stories. Some of them probably shouldn't be public for many reasons. <laughs> because, you know, even we as Masons, as perfect as we try to make ourselves, we're always pro, we're still human. We're prone to uh, our imperfections. Right. Like, for example, drinking at low 12. <laughs> right. Um, we won't share those stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess some of my favorite things have been just being a part of a brotherhood you know it, it's interesting because it's hard to pick one particular event especially when you're as active as you and I are with our lodges there's so many of them to think about right there's so much going on but I think one of the big ones was uh when I, I first joined Nimalay and I was first being introduced to masonry, really, like, as a whole. Uh, Works brother Brian Westerman, he was still, Lord, he was like junior deacon of PVSD at the time. That's how long ago that was. Okay. Um, um, we, uh, we were out at Ben Avery and I hadn't shot a gun before. Seriously, I never I had wow. never gotten to shoot a gun before because my dad's time in the military he was kind of like eh, he owned one but that was about it. Um, 
and we were at the clay range and he brings out this 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 like 14 inch combat shotgun he called it the zombie killer and we were doing clays i picked that up instead of the long rifle or the oh. long gun and i'm hitting every single clay and he's looking at me like how how on earth are you doing that and i'm like this is my first time shooting a gun he's like what and it, that was just one of the funnest moments that i've had in the masonic family what uh, you mentioned uh, uh glenn is really your uh mentor are there other any stories anything else around glenn uh, anything you've done with glenn or stories about glenn you want to share oh <laughs> talk about glenn please oh there is so many uh one of my favorites was uh it was my later years of demolay uh, I had actually, I think, the, did I, had I joined the lodge yet? I can't remember. Uh, we went down to Oracle, Arizona, which is just north of Tucson, uh, to a place called Triangle Y for a, y. it was a kind of a leadership camp. Uh, we had all the guys from DMLA go down. They've got like high ropes and things to climb oh, on. Cool. They got a zip line. They've got uh, cabins and everything. Really awesome. Really fun. We even did uh, some cave uh exploring which for a fat guy like me going through narrow caverns is very uncomfortable <laughs> when you got a wall that's a foot thick or a, a foot of space and you're like squeezing to get through yeah we made fun of that that was one of the fun stories from that but the best part about this trip was we were heading down we had left uh pvst at oh, relatively five o'clock in the afternoon and we were supposed to be there at five but because of some work obligations on everyone's part we were getting there a little late it wasn't a huge deal so we're driving down to oracle and when you get off the 10 to go toward oracle it's pitch black you know it's 7 30 at night and the roads are a little weird well the way that they had been working on some construction is okay so here the road goes off to the left and we didn't know where it went but the gps told us to go right well glenn drive, drove a 2001 dodge ram 3500 diesel wow Big so truck, yeah yes so we are we go we go to the right like it says and we get about a quarter mile down the road and we see two banks of dirt and for some god awful reason we he gets this thought of well the gps says we need to go this way so we're going to go this way so he climbs this one ton truck over the embankment we go down and all of a sudden we get hit a bunch of super loose sand <laughs> that's four or this 12 and a half thousand pound truck is stuck oh my gosh and us being youth he's like get out of the car and i can hear him screaming and cursing at the truck like go into fourth wheel four wheel drive and he finally gets it out after almost 30 minutes oh my gosh of fighting i'm sure he's thinking i can't call a tow truck out here oh my gosh nope. how will they get here oh my gosh that, and that was kind of message from sydney um and that was that was kind of where we um it, it was one of the funniest moments of my entire life and I will never forget that day we finally got there at 9 30 at night 
Oh my God. It took us. It took us four hours to get there. It should have only taken us about three, maybe. <laughs> but because it, we had to get the truck out, he he literally put the pedal to the floor with this big diesel engine and gets it out of the dirt. And I, to this day, I've never understood how he did. So. Uh, that that was probably the greatest story ever, and he's probably gonna hate me for telling that story. <laughs> no, it's a good because, story because he he was so embarrassed about doing that, getting he, stuck. He hated the fact that he got us stuck. He's like, I feel horrible. Men don't want to get stuck or get lost. That's just the way it is. Well, especially with your truck, you know, with and a bunch of kids, with a bunch of kids yeah. that you're supposed to be responsible for, <laughs> and you. By the way, Glenn, when you hear this, you're welcome for calling you out to DI. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things, you're, you're a worshipful master now, and one of the things a lot of worshipful masters always have a, a theme or things they want to accomplish during the year. What's What's been on your plate? What are you trying to do? And Right now, my job is trying to reunite the lodge. When I first joined, you saw the sidelines filled. You saw people wanting to be a part of masonry and it seems that that theme has kind of started to die out a little bit you and i both know that as everywhere in, in fraternal organizations freemasons are not alone yeah yeah and that's why one of the big things i've been doing this term is we've been traveling i've gone to another lodge every single month since you. i became master Wow, that's um, literally that's the two, the Tuesday after I got installed as master of the lodge. I came down to Arizona number two to do a lecture for the first degree. The Tuesday, so two days after I got installed. Two days after you got installed. Um, actually, no, it was three days, but yeah, it was it was three days after. Um, and I've been visiting lodges every month ever since. In fact, next month we want to go down to King uh, King Solomon number five in Tombstone. Tell me, I'll be there with you, man. Absolutely, you. we're we're trying to get together with the guys from Phoenicia because uh, Brother Steve Dilda has a a, a, a like a motorhome. Oh yeah, I can sleep about four to six. Oh, that would be cool. Um, and I'm gonna see if I can steal my mother-in-law's trailer and her their truck because I can sleep 14 in that thing. Wow. It's a 28 foot trailer. So go down, spend the, go to the lodge, spend the night. Come back. That's pretty cool. I think it'd be fun because that building's been around for 120 something years. I heard somebody say the city now owns that building. It's a historical it, building, so it yeah. It's a historical building. I, I didn't get a chance to research it yet, but uh, there's pretty, so much history down there in Tombstone. Yeah, okay. so that's one of our big trips. Uh, we also want to go up to Chalcedony, number six in Holbrook. How many lodges have you been to, you think? I would have to say 15 at least. 15, okay. I've been a mason for I've been a master mason for 4 years this year. Same same so. here. My my 4 year my 4 year anniversary is in uh August. May 14th. Yeah. So you just had your 4 year anniversary. Yep. <laughs> I've got a tattooed on my arm so I will never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> what uh are there, are there any other Masons who stand out to you that have been good examples to you of what a what a Mason is all about? Other than Glenn? Uh, Everybody loves you, Glenn. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he knows he could listen to people talk about him all day. <laughs> as much as he denies it, he knows he could. He loves it. Um, 
One of the guys who made a big impression on me, worship brother David Patrick McArdle. Um, he was master in 2005, and then he was master last year, but due to some illness, he had to step away. He gave me my first degree lecture, and because of him, I wanted to learn that lecture desperately. Really? So. I did. I went, that was the first thing, one of the first things I did. I learned, learned the apron lecture, then the EA lecture. Oh, I'm learning the EA lecture now. Yeah, and the one I hated the most was the second. It's not that I don't love the symbolism in it, it's just too damn wordy. <laughs> what, so. uh, you know, one of the things we say about masonry is we take good men and make them better. Has masonry done that for you, and if so, how? I think that masonry does that over time. You know, I've only been a master mason for four years. I'm barely at the beginning of my journey. The guys who get to answer that kind of a question are guys like worship brother Dick Russell, who's been a mason for 67 years. He's 96 years old. Wow. 94, 96, one of two. He can do that entire book from memory at his age. It's, it's remarkable. Um, it has changed me. Um, not only has it made me think differently, it also makes me remember many things I learned in DMLA. Like for example, you think twice before speaking once. Something that most of us should try to inculcate into our lives. Good advice. Um, That's you know. an interesting thing you touched on because I wasn't DMLA, I don't know, but is that the whole point that masonry builds on Demolay. That is precisely what it does. If you go and go to a Demolay initiation, and then go watch each of the three Masonic degrees, you are going to see a lot of similarities. Okay. A lot of the same lessons are inculcated in both groups. Well, because the man who wrote the Demolay ritual was a Mason. Right. Dead. Was it Dead Land? Is that no the, Frank Marshall? Frank Marshall. I'm sorry. Uh, if I remember right, yeah. It was in Kansas City, Missouri. That was 19... I think, I think the first edition was published in 1921, if I remember correctly. Long time ago. I always remember that Bill Clinton was a DMLA. Yep. Uh, he was a DMLA in New York. Hmm. Um, and actually, he was very, very a very big advocate for DMLA afterwards, uh, before he moved into the presidency. Um... What else, anything else you want to say that we haven't talked about or covered or any parting thoughts? I guess one of the biggest things is, you know, you, you, you're going to find that there's people who want to let their ego infiltrate the peace and harmony of the Lodge. And the best thing I can tell people is don't let your ego in because it's going to rip your lodge apart. Many lodges, mine in particular right now, is having to deal with things like that. Ego is the enemy. There's a book out yes. by that, and I just bought it, and I'm reading it. People start realize, realizing that, hey, you know, I'm in a position. I might have, I have some power here. I think I'm better than people. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> I mean, the, this radio show is called On the Level. Yep. We part upon the square. We meet on the level. Yep. We are all equal in that room, whether you are a day laborer or you are the CEO or of a company or the president of the United States. 
in that room, you are equal. And that is what masonry tries to teach. And some men start to forget that. So I guess my way, my, what I'm trying to say is don't forget that you're tr not only making yourself better, but you're doing this for the betterment of mankind. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Brother Bo. You're welcome.